Hello dear adventurers, welcome to our playground once again. Speaking to you here is so-called Elif, your guide and playmate in this journey. Still today I would like to continue to play with the question of who am I? Which indeed could be the birthplace of many games we play, with or without being aware of it. And most likely the Earth game as a whole has been built on this wild discovery itself. And Sometimes we need to imagine ourselves as someone else to see who we are, what we are made of, and sometimes listening to a quite different, opposing, or an unlikely perspective helps us to see ourselves from afar. Like that uh, amazing breathtaking view of the earth from the space, we look in wonder and say, wow, I've never noticed that about myself. Well, Okay, maybe sometimes it's not always wow, and sometimes it's, oh my god, I've never noticed this about myself. But in both cases, it's really worth the trip. So today, just to make things more interesting and fun, I would like to take you to the world of a dog and have a look and listen through his eyes and ears, and for sure, through his nose. And for this, I refer to one of the most fun books I've read, A Dog's Life by Peter Mayle, from which today I will share with you two short excerpts. So, dear adventurers, relax and come on for a short walk with this dog and hear out what he has to say about our strange world. And who knows, maybe you'll discover more about yourself while listening to him. In any case, have fun and enjoy. Destiny, Celebrity, Prost and Me Life is unfair, as we all know, and a good thing too. If it had gone according to plan, I would still be chained up outside some farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, living on short rations and barking at the wind. But fortunately, some of us are marked by fate to overcome humble beginnings and succeed in a competitive world. Lassie comes to mind, for instance. And that small creature who seems to spend his entire life with his head at an unnatural angle listening to an antique gramophone. Rather him than me, but I suppose there's not a great choice for terriers, noisy little brutes with limited intelligence in my experience. As my memoirs unfold, I shall describe my progress through life in more detail. All the way from my birth to my present eminence, not forgetting the times of struggle, the months in the wilderness, house hunting, curious encounters, milestones, turning points, and so on. But for the moment, let us put these aside and turn to more fundamental matters. My emergence as a celebrity and my decision to air my views in print. It started as these things often do by chance. A photographer had come to the house looking for a free drink under the pretext of doing artistic studies of the lavender patch. I didn't pay him too much attention, apart from a cursory sniff, but he put down his glass long enough to take a few informal portraits. I was in silhouette, I remember, with the sun behind me, as we say in France, and I heard him muttering something about the noble savage as I stopped to water a geranium. At the time, I thought no more of it. Some of us are photogenic and some aren't. But a few weeks later, there I was in a magazine, full color, whiskers bristling, tail up thrust, the living essence of the fearless guard dog. 
and they say the camera never lies. Little do they know. After that, it never stopped. Other magazines, or at least those with the wit to recognize star quality, came to seek me out. Newspapers, television crews, various admirers from near and far, and a furtive couple trying to sell out-of-date dog food. They all turned up, and I did my best to fit them in. And then the letters started to arrive. I don't know if you've ever received a letter from a complete stranger asking about your personal habits. I must have had hundreds of them, and quite impertinent some of them were, too. I was offered safe sex with a Rottweiler. No such thing, if you ask me, not with those jaws. Anyway, it soon became obvious that the world was waiting for some kind of message from me. A statement of principles, perhaps. Or what is known nowadays as a lifestyle guide. I brooded on this. Now, over the years, I have developed a soft spot for Prost. He tends to go on a bit for my taste, but we do have several characteristics in common. Both French, of course, both with a reflective nature, both keen admirers of the biscuit, Madeleine's for him and the calcium-enriched, bone-shaped, extra-crunchy model for me. And so I thought to myself, if he can share his opinions about life, love, his mother, tea-time treats and the pursuit of happiness, why can't I? Not that I remember my mother too well, actually because she left very shortly after having me and the other twelve. Given the circumstances, I can't say I blame her, although it put quite a strain on my faith in the maternal instinct at the time. Those were dark and thirsty days indeed, as you'll see. But I digress. Literature beckons and I must try to arrange my thoughts. On the whole, it has been a charmed life despite my underprivileged beginnings. The patron saint of dogs, Saint Bernard, for those of you who don't know, has been good to me. Even so, experience has caused me to form certain opinions and readers of a sensitive disposition may be offended by the odd remarks about babies, cats, hygiene, poodles and vets who insist on taking one's temperature the old-fashioned way. For those candid comments, I offer no apologies. What use are journals such as this if they don't reveal the author, warts and all? Advice to the Young Dog 1. Beware of Christmas. It is traditionally a time when puppies are brought into the happy home as gifts. If they manage to survive an early diet of turkey, mince pies, liquor chocolates, wrapping paper, tinsel and tree ornaments, they grow, as puppies do. For some reason, this causes astonishment and consternation among the older members of the family, who should have known better, but they don't. And by spring, they are looking for someone prepared to take over a dog that has become an inconvenience. Christmas puppies should not make long-term plans. Sad, but true. 2. Do not even attempt to understand the lure of television. I like to think of myself as fairly sophisticated, able to move freely among different social groups, sympathetic to their interests, however bizarre and so forth. But here I'm baffled. A box filled with small and noisy people, a disagreeable scent of heated plastic, the room plunged into darkness, conversation banned, and the faint sounds of snoring in the background. Is this enjoyable? I can't make head or tail of it myself. Have you ever seen rabbits hypnotized by flashlight? That's television as far as I'm concerned. For drama and entertainment, give me ants any day. 3. 
You may one night be disturbed by the stealthy arrival through a window of gentlemen who tiptoe around the house in silence. These are burglars. Never bark at them. They have no respect for animal rights and can be violent. Postpone making any noise until they're safely out of the house. With luck, they might have taken the television. 4. The etiquette of bathing confused me for several months, but the rules seem to be as follows. It is acceptable for people to immerse themselves in water every day. Indeed, they consider it a virtue and a joy. They sing, they play games with the soap, they emerge pink and glowing and pleased with themselves. Seeing this, the novice dog who wishes to please may be tempted to follow their example by taking a refreshing squirm in a puddle. This is not acceptable. Neither is shaking oneself dry in the living room or cleaning the facial hair with a brisk rub on the carpet. As in most aspects of life, a dual standard operates here, and it doesn't favor those of us with four legs and a muddy gusset. 5. Learn to distinguish between natural friends and natural enemies. I always warm to gardeners, because we have a mutual interest in digging. Clumsy eaters, those who understand the principles of bribery to ensure good behavior, and denture wearers who find biscuits difficult. To be treated with caution. Anyone dressed in white, people who make patronizing inquiries about your pedigree, grumpy old men with sticks and vegetarians. Except at meal times when there is meat on the table that they wish to dispose of discreetly. To be avoided. Women who carry photographs of their cats. They are beyond hope. 6. Recognize the need for selective obedience. Under normal circumstances, you can do more or less what you like. Man's innate idleness and short attention span will save you from too much discipline. But there will be moments of crisis when it pays to respond to a call from the authorities. You can always tell. Voices are raised, hysteria looms and threats are uttered. When they shout in capital letters as in, Boy! Damn it! Return to the base immediately, pretending you didn't hear the first time. Wag sincerely and all will be well. 7. Do not bring friends of the opposite sex home. This will only encourage indelicate speculation about your intentions and it may lead to a period of house arrest. Romance, in my view, is best conducted on neutral ground, where you're unlikely to find yourself cornered and you can retain what is known these days as maximum deniability. Follow the example of our eminent leaders. Admit to nothing until your accusers have you by the short hairs. 8. Never bite vets, even when attacked from behind by a chilly thermometer. They mean well. 9. Finally, remember we live in an imperfect world. People make mistakes. Cocktail parties, pale-colored furniture, hair transplants, New Year's Eve, warming tablets, vibrant orange licra, diamante dog collars, jogging, grooming, telephone sex, leg waxing. The list is long and life is short. My advice is to make the best of it and to make allowances. To err is human. To forgive, canine. Anyone for a walk?